welcome to The Last Thing I Saw. And as usual, this will be The Last Things We Saw uh, as we go through the Cannes Film Festival with my most frequent correspondent here, happily so, uh, who is Eric Hines. Hello again, Eric. Hey, Nick. Good to be back. <laughs> and when we come back, where we've been is just... Yeah. You know, dark places. <laughs> I.e. cinemas, but I just wanted to say dark places. <laughs> and some of those dark places are even underground. They are. They are yeah. underground. But, you know, we persevere. Uh, and we endure the sunlight occasionally, the coastal sunlight. But I guess we're firmly in the second week of the festival. But I think there are titles from over the weekend that we mm. really want to uh, catch up with. And I think we're going to start out with a movie that I think for both of us is just as highly anticipated as any of the, you know, mm-hmm. better known fiction filmmakers. And that is the film De Humani Corporis. Is there another word? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've, I was really, I'm sort of uh, uh, pos- positioned against having to remember that. I feel <laughs> like that's just not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the only justification they have for that <laughs> is that it's the title of the Vesalius Book of Anatomy uh, which was, so I hear, very important for showing things about the body in the 15th or 16th century that were previously attributed to humors, I guess, or stuff like that. So this movie is the latest by Lucien Castagne-Taylor and Verena Perevo. Yes, that's why we're anticipating it, because you may know their film Leviathan, uh, or, for example... Sweetgrass? Sweetgrass. Caniba. Caniba, yes. You, I don't know... Cannibal might not have been uh, as widely available because of its uh, it's about a cannibal. <laughs> Indeed, we yeah we we actually did the theatrical opening for that at Museum Moving Image. Oh, cool! Um, which is a, a very proud of. That's um, great. And they journeyed to the opening night screening, which was something of a hard sell, um, but that's okay. It's expected for a film of that nature, but I don't think they quite expected that by the time they showed up, that half the audience had fled um, because of how challenging they felt some of the content of the film was, which I think will happen perhaps as this makes its way. Uh, I've heard that happened at some screenings here. Yeah. Well, it's, I want to phrase this carefully, but with Canaba, you know, there it might've been equally the subject matter, but also the approach to that subject matter and the way that they try yeah. to show through form the challenges of that subject matter. Indeed. I mean, in that case, there, there are a lot of these kind of, queasy making close-ups of, of a face which is not like inherently yeah. off, off-putting but you, you come to realize it kind of exacts a toll on you sure and with Dehumani here it might also just be the subject matter because basically it is a trip to a number of hospitals it's kind of compiled from another number of visits uh, and so it's a mix of surgical footage surgeons, mm-hmm. um, other denizens of hospitals, uh, including security guards, patients, of course, mm-hmm. uh, you know, both conscious and unconscious and in, you know, varying states of psychological distress. Yeah. And have I left anything out? I mean, there's one part that I think is good left as a surprise. That's none of yeah. the above. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, but that's, so it's a mix, visually, it's a mix of almost hidden camera feelings things mm-hmm. but it's because of the kind of sort of lipstick camera they're using yeah. um, to to show surgeries and medical imagery from the devices that are being used right so the various things with scope on the end so i like to think that this movie was shot partly in scope <laughs> <laughs> i like that 
But I mean, it is, it's definitely more varied, as you, as you already said, than their previous yeah. work. Um, obviously, Leviathan had various approaches as well and famously used GoPros and went yeah. into the water, went into sort of uh, fish tanks and, and tubs. But there is something about, uh, there's a, some, some visual unity to that film whereas mm-hmm. this one has these different modes and yeah. not only does it have these different visual modes but it has like a real wide spectrum of audio oh yeah he, and which i think is actually a, a really fantastic evolution for them or development mm. in, in in their work because I, I went into this sort of you know stealing myself for something that was just a pure visceral experience right. and it is not necessarily like there is yeah. information <laughs> there yeah. is conversation there's dialogue there is interaction and that they're not you know their sweetgrass maybe is the last time you see yeah. that you know any amount of that in their films and so like there's there's actually more kind of community and context and sort of mm-hmm. scene setting than you normally get from them which yeah. is not to say that there's a ton <laughs> um there's still plenty of abstraction in fact like this is you know, this is them pursuing further. You know, the sort of like the how far you can go into into, into abstraction, which of yeah. course, their abstraction is not experimental film abstraction. Their abstraction is specificity. Mm. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and yeah, one thing that they do here is that they kind of collapse the internal and the external, uh, so that you know, just when you're getting used to the sort of normal. <laughs> day-to-day movements of, of, of surgeons in a room or a patient kind of, you know, asleep or, or grimacing and you'll, you'll be inside yeah. a, a patient and you'll have the, all the particular and peculiar textures of that, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, one thing that did occur to me is that this movie must speak to a number of different audiences. Like there's a general audience of just like, yeah, here is <laughs> the wonders of inside the body but if you've actually had any of these procedures done i i feel that there's an there's there's an additional level uh to it somehow sure obviously there is a going through the um digestive tract uh, the gi um there is a patient with prostate problems i guess yep. so you're <laughs> that is a strong experience yes. in the film um, yes. but it's just that all these have these particular textures that even as one of the surgeons says at one point, it gets abstract. Sure. Um, which sure. Is, was fascinating to hear the surgeon say that. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I feel like I had this experience watching it where I became more aware and appreciative of yeah. my own body and of the body. Yeah. You know? So it's not an abstraction to the point where the body is meaningless. No. It's actually the fact that the body becomes extremely meaningful yes. um, and mysterious. Um, and yeah, I mean, it is. it is a... It's a full meal. There's a lot going on in this film. Uh, It's actually a really gross thing to say, (laughs) considering what happens here. But maybe I meant it. Um, But there's just, yeah, there's just a lot here. You really make your way all over the body. You Mm -hmm. also really make your way into incredible conversations between medical professionals where um, you're like deep inside looking through one of these scopes and at the same time there's like a debate or a fight or Mm -hmm. or a joking or whatever is happening in the room griping griping about long hours yeah exactly (laughs) isn't someone one at one point talking about a building they own or something it sounds like they're talking like a landlord or something. yes i believe that's right yeah so yeah there's class stuff that's (laughs) embedded in it yeah um and i think there is also like a sequence in a morgue or not a morgue yeah, but is. sort of a, a preparation room where yeah. uh, you know a body is being that is is getting dressed for you know removal to to other 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 places yeah and in that case there's just music playing yeah which is an experience because 
yeah, these are this is the daily professional life as, sure. as well. Sure. Um, so there's that aspect. It is a movie that, for me, requires almost more assembly after the fact, just because it is so heterogeneous in a way. Whereas, like something like Leviathan is so much of a point of view fish journey or something, sure. just sort of so much of it, as you were saying, in a way more unified. And whereas in this, there's something about the structure that they're, they're constantly unsettling you by moving from one thing to the mm-hmm. next. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that is like in person, out of the body, is disorienting because it's about patients who are disoriented. Right, right. I guess, I don't know if it's specifically like an Alzheimer's ward or just elderly ward. And you keep returning to the same two or three uh, women, I think two women, it's sort of the blind leading the blind mm-hmm. in a way. And actually for me, of all the parts of the movie, that was probably the most disturbing. It's not like mm-hmm. I was grossed out by organs. I was, yeah. Uh, yeah, that it's tough. And I did think about, you know, a little bit doc ethics 101. <laughs> sure. No, there's, there's, a, there's a consent question there with those sequences, but also throughout the film too. Um, and I think that they're kind of just diving headlong yeah. into and past that with this because yeah. um, really everything you're looking at raises those questions and yeah I don't think they're goading us into asking it I think that they've just sort of they just marched right past <laughs> they went right past <laughs> it which you know I, I guess that's better than like doing this kind of like you know coy thing that's um, yeah. where, where they're pretending not to thematize the ethics but actually it's part of their draw you know well it also it also is consistent with the source material if you're looking at you know medical yeah. journals and such you know this That's is true it's like you're turning through pages and these are sort of patient examples um and yeah. those are historically extremely abstracted right this is a body mm-hmm. this is a sort of yeah. a, a whether it is a, a patient who's gone through surgery which is then data for mm-hmm. for future surgeries yeah. or whether it's their corpses who are being having an autopsy performed and that their body material becomes material for understanding. I feel yeah. like that's the that's the realm we're in, and the degree to which that then comes into the documentary realm and what the particular questions are for documentary is interesting. But mm. I think that's what they're that's where they're coming from. Yeah, I, th- I think that I agree with that. I guess I have to ask the the obvious question to anyone scanning the can lineup, which is. Eric, how did it make you think in relation to the Cronenberg film? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I know some people went from one to the other. Oh. <laughs> I heard that some folks, yeah. It was it was the, an all the body is reality <laughs> double feature. Um, actually, it made me feel like the Cronenberg was child's play. Like nothing in the Cronenberg made me even uh-huh. squeamish in the slightest. That's because I've already witnessed yeah. uh, doctors refer to a tool as the Kalishnikov as it's being inserted into a man's right. uh, nether. So, region. <laughs> so, like, you know, the, there's a. Right. The Cronenberg has nothing to offer that <laughs> can come close to what I had to witness. In that. terms of the, the, the extremity. Extremity. The, <laughs> no, it has plenty to offer. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. in terms of the squeamishness, no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just thinking about the textures, it was it was also kind of interesting because you, you become hyper aware of the aesthetics of it at least for me and, and you know I, I like the title like Cronenberg's movie has this title sequence that's basically just like tissue a close-up right. of tissue right. um so it's, it's kind yeah, of yeah. Interesting. No, absolutely yeah there's more you can say about that and I'm sure the movie will be um you know having continued dialogues around it and it I think it's also a movie that because it's it's at the intersection of a number of discourses that mm-hmm. it, you know there are many ways it can kind of pop pop up so uh, it'll be interesting to watch um and they're also formidable discoursers themselves. Yes. I hope it does. I hope that the 
you know, the kind of doc ethic questions don't lead it to not be programmed as much as it should. I, I, right. I would hate for that to be the case because there was a few years ago, I feel like there's no way that you wouldn't program a film by them right. because the sensory ethnography lab, which they emerged from, was like the hot thing. And it's kind of not the, the case at the moment. Um, true, so yeah. I, 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 I hope that, and, and Cannibal, I think, was the sort of the beginning of, 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 that, of, of their work not necessarily getting out there as much as it normally had. So I hope that this one does because I think it's really significant. Yeah. There are a lot of points of interest. I was going to say points of entry, but wrong movie. <laughs> um, full meal, points full of entry. We're doing the whole, wow. It's sort of unavoidable. Yeah. That Also, just to mention, that was in the Kanzan. Um, Correct, yeah. So uh, we'll move to a film in the competition now from Romanian director Christian Mungju, RMN, which, you know, being an idiot, I didn't realize when the slate was announced that that's, you know, Romania. It's the three letters for Romania. Right. I just thought, like, well, why'd you name it after an acronym? Some, <laughs> uh, but now it, it makes sense. So over to you, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Dialing back a few days to when I saw this. So how to summarize RMN? I mean, for me, this is a movie that kind of, I mean, they set a certain plot into motion in the beginning that stays on course for a while. So it's, this is a movie that was kind of a slow burn or slow build, I guess I'd say. I mean, you're at first sort of attached mostly to this guy who seems to be just juggling uh, two women whose you know, your relationship with him you, you s- sort of slowly learn. I mean, one is, is a woman who has, he has a child with. Another is, I guess, basically an old flame, if I have that right, right, who's not entirely out of his life at all. And he just, you know, generally seems kind of a mess. And so he's sort of one point of focus. And then there's just sort of also just a place that's a point of focus generally, right. uh, which is a processing, food processing and, and bakery right. plant that is kind of this social and economic focus in, mm-hmm. in the town, which it's set, which is this mountain town, which is sort of seems like a sort of traditional rural town with like particularly um, framed and contained community, which is sort of key to the movie. And I think crucially, that's a com- it's a community that um, has a large population of Hungarian, ethnic Hungarians. Yes, that's right. Um, and that winds up being like a really significant part of the film, which mm. is subtle though too, because you and I watched it together and there's a signal in there for exactly who's speaking. Um, there's, a, there's a subtitle coloring that uh, allows you to identify which language they're speaking if you don't know Romanian or Hungarian. And that took me a while to figure that out. Yeah, me too. Um, and I'm eager to rewatch it with that in mind because there is a fair amount of signaling in terms of which character is, is which, which character is speaking which language. There's a lot of sort of fluidity between those two languages. Um, it's, a, it's a region where people do speak both, um, mm-hmm. but they have a preference, you know. But that had been an historical... I, I don't exactly know when... Uh, you know when those that was being sorted out in terms of that region in terms mm-hmm. of which nation and also in terms of waves of of immigration if uh, but but they, it's referred to among characters as kind of like something that we accepted in the past we've accepted the hungarians right. you know um but what becomes into play is that the uh factory that that does the baked goods could not find locals to p- fill a position so they actually went and so they go and bring two men from Sri Lanka mm-hmm. to uh, fill those positions who are apparently very skilled very intelligent very likable but uh, quickly tensions come through that the locals do not want the foreigners there and they don't they begin to daily let people know let them know both online and in person um, that they're not welcome and yeah. this leads to a big uh, a, a, a big rupture within the community yeah 
the movie takes a kind of an interesting path through all of this because a lot of times your point of entry is this guy who's sort of like oblivious to a lot of this and is kind of focused on his own emotional uh, problems, which he's not good at navigating whatsoever. Um, I mean, he's almost childlike in how he reacts and how he is not able to handle the responsibilities of relationships or, or, or fatherhood. So I came to appreciate that more and more because it's a way of the movie finding several layers of realism, you know, because it's not as if he's going to be grappling with these problems. He's just like self-absorbed like many of us are. <laughs> and uh, I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, no, he winds he's, up... He's an infuriating character. He's an infuriating character. Yeah. Um, and he does not really wind up having much of a political no. sense at all or opinion. And so all this is happening around him yeah. and he's just focused on his own desires. And um, and I think that that, yeah, it's unfortunately relatable. Like a lot of us get caught up in our own shit regardless yeah. of what the stakes are around us. Um, so yeah, so you're deep into this film and you're still looking through his eyes and you want to get away. You, want, <laughs> you don't want to be on his shoulder anymore. Yeah. I mean, you know, fortunately, I guess there are, there are also his his old flame is more cued in. I yes. guess partly from her, partly from her position as Hungarian descent, right? She is yes, Hungarian descent, indeed. So, um, I mean, that's another layered thing about the movie is that you have waves of immigration. You know, the, the Hungarians are, I guess, from an earlier yeah. wave of of assimilation. And some of those are actually conservative. Some yes. of the Hungarian immigrants are, are conservative. Yeah, yeah, and also completely different in a way because there's race is not involved in that. Uh, whereas for the Sri Lankans, that is a point of difference. Yeah. And yeah, you just you get to see all the ugly side and hysterical side of certain parts of the community, their fear and hatred. And it was really interesting to watch that through the lens of Mungju, uh, you know, as opposed to, for example, like Rado Judah, bad luck marrying loony porn, which I thought of mm -hmm. more than a couple points in this movie. In fact, there's a key scene or sequence where going into it, I thought, ooh, this is a bit of a risk because there's sort of a similar... Uh, popular portrait going on crowd scene for lack of a better word not really that but in but this finds something entirely different to do with yeah. it so yeah. um, I guess I have to say it ended up being one of his films that I like more Manju's films yeah no I think this is a I think this is a fantastic film and you know I I, I think uh, holds up on its own it's not an easy film you know um, mm -hmm. it's not an easy character uh, it is a little bit challenging for those sort of you know you know it is specific to that place yeah. um but it's also making a quite a statement beyond that place but it is still very very specific to that place and the navigating the languages and understanding the sort of those those subtle differences or it, it benefits from paying closer attention and benefits from sort of getting to understand some of the context around it too mm -hmm. um but no i, I, I and and, and you, the, the sequence that you mentioned this sort of town hall sequence is absolute bravura you know but also not the sort of bravura moment in a film that is calling to attention to itself as being mm -hmm. this formally audacious right. thing. It right. is actually just like filled with conflict and tension and, and and the layers that he's built up. So basically the entire film builds to that scene and that scene as it plays out kind of contains everything that's been building up to it. Yeah, it's incredible. And I, I, I mean, I do have to admit kind of vital because I have to say like shortly before that point, I was feeling a little... Um, adrift, not because I think the filmmaking is loose or unfocused, but just because I was like, where are we going to go at, at this yeah. point? I think partly because he's not he's not doing the kind of step-by-step build-up of, of the conflict and the tensions, and you know how the the vectors are going to collide at a certain point. He, he, he's not doing that. You're just aware of this crap. So, it's pretty impressive. RMN. RMN.
So that's RMN, uh, Christian Munju. I think it'd be great if we talked about a movie from a certain regard. Sure. From Davy Chu, uh-huh. uh, who last did Diamond Island, and he also did a documentary before that about Cambodian cinema. This one is called uh, Return to Seoul. Mm-hmm. And this was a movie that, in a way, was one of the most surprising movies I've seen here, only because I really didn't know where it was going to go, and it genuinely got more complex as it went on, which mm-hmm. you can't really always say about movies. It's yeah, That's kind of like an ideal. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that, that a movie would give you more to chew over. And mm-hmm. also, I became more and more impressed by the main performance. Yes. Uh, the main actress. French-Korean woman. And uh, she, we meet her, and she arrives in Seoul kind of a, on the spur of the moment. She'd never been. She uh, you know, was raised in, you know, basically, I think from a very young age in, in, mm-hmm. in France. And so we meet her and she's a bit mercurial. Uh, <laughs> prickly. Prickly. <laughs> some, she meets some folks along the way who kind of take her in and want to show her around and introduce her to the culture. And, and she just kind of makes a little bit of a mess of things. And you know, it's kind of like a, a tempestuous, selfish young woman. But in the process, you know, also seemingly impulsively decides to look into her birth parents mm-hmm. and meets one, is both excited and a little bit uh, confused and upset by it. And, and a little put off. And a little put off. Yeah. Uh, and then the structure of it is that she then goes away and then we, we move ahead several years mm-hmm. to a, a return trip from there um, mm-hmm. where her life is in a different, very different place. And she's still navigating that relationship to one of her parents and and we move ahead and even yeah. further and then there is you know uh, opportunity to to meet the other parent finally um and throughout we we sort of see her at different moments of her life and mm-hmm. we see her change we see her mature yeah. we see her handle people differently we see her handle that past differently um and she's also wrestling with I- identity of course mm-hmm. and so all is incredibly interesting but I, I think that the aspect that I found most interesting was the way that it's a narrative uh, exploration of what it is like to be the the orphan who then has everyone project themselves onto mm. you mm-hmm. rather than the freedom to figure out exactly what those relationships can be or might be, imperfect as they almost always are. Um, it winds up being, almost from the get-go, like their expectations about what she might want expectations mm-hmm. of of, yeah. of 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 how she's supposed to respond to to these parents who, who who gave her up and also respond to the culture that she didn't grow up within so that's a lot of what you're you're witnessing is her kind of justly fighting against those expectations mm-hmm. but then also trying to figure out within that fight what she might want what, what, what you know what it is that she might want and, and, and where it is that she might actually belong yeah I mean it's really really terrific portrait of in-betweenness as well you know just like yeah and and also just sort of the various fissures that you are and are not aware of and that have kind of grown to be part of you <laughs> as well this is going to sound reductive when i actually vocalize it or verbalize it but there's an element of punk in yeah. her yeah, yeah for sure and you know there's also like a great dance sequence that maybe yeah. you've read about if you've read a review or two but something about that punk that kind of sort of taking the prerogative to push push some, something away, to push the world away, to yeah. blow things up, to rip it up, is something she claimed for herself, you sure. know? And, you know, it's hard not to think of that a little bit in relation to the life that she was placed in, you know, mm-hmm. the choices that were taken from her, and that since she was totally brought up 
you know, most of her life in France, you know, maybe was not always consciously thinking about, you know, in the same way as if she came over when she was 16 or something, she comes over when she's really small, I think. So anyway, that, yeah. that was really interesting. Yeah. I just want to also just like say how, how strong the, the actress is in yeah. showing this development. And it's so kind of wondrous to see someone growing, actually growing in a movie or yeah. not even growing, just changing. Growing, see, I'm already using the vocabulary that I can't stand right, right. about character development. Right. Um, and I think this movie is a, is a great character portrait in, in that way. And, well, and I also think that when we talk about strong lead performances and character portraits, like, you know, I'm thinking a little bit about uh, Brother and Sister, the De Plachen mm-hmm. film from a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, and what I struggle with with that film is how all characters kind of just um, are on the fringes of these main this main sibling like mm-hmm. they're in the center at all times and everybody yeah. almost has to sort of operate within you know their orbit and, and the right. film does that knowingly but it is something that i struggled with in terms of everyone ultimately only exists to bounce off of mm-hmm. those main characters i actually thought it's remarkable how this is an incredible portrait and yet you're kind of always aware of what effect she has on other people <laughs> and what the costs might be yeah. of the of this sort of messy developments that we're witnessing you yeah. know and i really appreciate that whether it's somebody that she has a sexual encounter with whom she has a sexual encounter mm-hmm. or whether it's a friend who kind of adopts her and mm-hmm. then has to sort of gauge whether or not she even likes this person anymore because yeah. of all the things that she or the the parents and the families of the parents you know like these are yeah. these are people that actually wind up i think being somewhat fully formed not not fully formed in the sense that we know who they are in every possible respect mm-hmm. and are, are, you know, are, are, you know, that we actually have an idea of all, but we do get a sense of what their limits might be, mm-hmm. you know, in the way that they react to her, they're showing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just mm-hmm. think that's, you know, it's hard to do that without um, making those characters ultimately a condemnation of that character because, mm-hmm. oh, they've, yeah. they hurt that person. So therefore our character is kind of yeah. flawed. It's not just about that. It can be both. No, that's so right. Uh, and I guess that goes uh, also just to the writing writing of it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, well, I guess it's a movie that I should start making pronouncements about because it is a movie that, you know, uh, I guess I haven't heard too many people talk about. But yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a real discovery. It's a huge, I think, leap forward for the director. And I hope it's a movie that many more people see. And Well, that's, you know, not that we talk about the biz here and that's not what we do but i feel like it's worth noting that though, though it's a film that hasn't had a ton of buzz mm-hmm. it is a film that was picked up by sony pictures classic so well, i think that go. there's going to be a good chance for that film to be out there and more than you know more than most yeah which that that is actually yeah that's a pretty cool pretty cool acquisition <laughs> i say so thumbs up in the acquisitions corner in the acquisitions corner yeah and i, I guess i also mentioned that it's a movie that has a lot of detail about the ad- adoption or post-adoption process as well that was kind of morbidly fascinating to me in partly how it sets out all these rules and parameters for the treatment of the parents and seems to be a little foggy (laughs) about the actual adopted person uh, which is just this like glaring irony and reminder but I also liked how well researched and reported that is obviously in terms Mm -hmm. of like uh, and then working that into the plot of the film but also not allowing that to define the film unproductively exactly like there's a yeah. moment in the film where like they're made it, they make it clear this is actually outside the rules yeah <laughs> but we want this to happen yeah <laughs> and i love that you yeah know? That, is, that is like amazing. it doesn't have the system doesn't have to sort of you know, break everything down we can yeah yeah um, bend the rules a little yeah and and you know there's also a good example you have not being self-serious too too much and there's there's 
good good sense of humor throughout the movie. There is. I mean, the, the main character is like really funny sometimes in a mean way as oh, well. Yeah. Throughout. Oh yeah, so yeah. It's 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 pretty rich. Yeah. So I'm I'm leaving tomorrow. Oh goodness. You're around. <laughs> You'll have more of these. Yes. Um, but I wonder. Uh, if it makes sense to sort of mention a couple other titles without being oh, able please. to go into them. Oh, please, yeah. I definitely um, want to hear. Because now that when you brought up Return to Soul, it reminded me that that's a film that I really, really lo- that I loved, mm-hmm. but it gets lost in the shuffle. You see yeah. five, six films a day, you almost forget what it is that you like. Um, yeah. So I think that I think you're going to catch up to a couple of these still, but I just wanted to put a shout out to uh, Godland, this Icelandic Danish film, which is a major, major film kind of an epic tale uh bifurcated story of of a priest a danish priest coming to a a remote town in iceland to build a church and the epic journey that he makes through inclement landscape to get there um but he's also a photographer and Mm. and there's some historical basis here of photographs that were taken in that region and uh and so he's both a a priest going to to find a community and also a photographer documenting the landscape and the people um and then the other second half of the film is the arrival is is his sort of time there mm-hmm. um but yeah and then and then maybe one more which is joyland yeah. um which is the first ever pakistani film right uh at well it's not in competition but it's in a certain regard mm-hmm. and still kind of wrapping my head around the fact that this is the first one uh, but it is actually a really strong film um and the film that i think i told you this that uh the, the the only like genuine spontaneous standing ovation I've seen so far mm. at the festival, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. We've all been in th- in rooms where there have been standing <laughs> ovations for films that you're like, what, what, what did you just see? <laughs> but I do think that that speaks to um, there is a lot going on with this film. It's beautifully made, beautifully shot, um, some really interesting ideas aesthetically, but also put it this way, it is it is a really impressive piece of queer storytelling mm-hmm. in a context of international cinema where you're not expecting to see that. Mm. Um, and it is maybe, you know, not the most progressive thing in terms of its politics. It's a little bit more okay. like 90s U.S. indie politics, maybe. <laughs> maybe some little Almodovar thrown in there. Uh-huh. But considering the context, it's actually quite radical. Um, yeah. And it's a lovely story and a lovely coming, coming of age in its own way. And uh, I think that it's going to work, you know. So I hope that more people get a chance to see this, obviously, like, I don't know the state of distribution for foreign cinema these days and the state of like, you know, a Pakistani film playing in for a non-Pakistani mm. audience. Um, yeah. There's not a whole lot of history there, but I think that this, this might change that. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was exciting to see that film. Yeah, um, that's the sort of thing that you do want to be able to encounter every now and then at this yeah. festival. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Godland and Joyland. The lands. Easy to remember. So uh, yeah, we might get a chance to talk more about that. But for now, I can only wish Eric bon voyage <laughs> back to the States. Back to the States. Well, and you'll get a chance to, we're seeing the Claire Denis tonight, so you'll get a chance to talk about that with others. Yes. That, thank you for the uh, coming attractions. There'll be the Claire Denis coming up still, and uh, Kelly Reichart as well, and maybe uh, one or two other little surprises. But thank you again, Eric. Hold down the fort. Enjoy yourself. Will do. I will keep the can flame burning. You've been listening to The Last Thing I Saw with your host, Nicholas Rapold. Please consider signing up at rapold.substack.com. Special thanks to the Minarets for the opening music. Thank you for listening. Thank you.